The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about messages that, well, actually we have a book here called Messages from a Mother, The Love of My Life by Lacey Lafferty. And we're going to talk about the messages that people that we love give to us to help us to deal with better life, a uh, better lifestyle, um, how to resolve conflict. And uh, I have this wonderful book in front of me. And let me tell you a little bit about the author. Lacey Lafferty was the first woman president of her agricultural mechanic shop and vice president of Future Farmers of America chapter. She began her career in agriculture as a corn, soybean, and vegetable farmer and a poultry grower in 1980. The enterprise expanded into a trucking business throughout the 80s and transporting several different kinds of agricultural products and manufactured commodities. In 1995, she started her career in the Delaware State Police. She received the excellence perform the Excellent Performance Award from Delaware's Governor Minier. Minner, um, in 2007, and she retired in 2008 from the Delaware State Police and began writing books. So in October of 2012, she released her first book, Delaware Horse Racing, and a second book, Messages from Mother, and she has owned and trained standard bred racehorses for over a decade, campaigning at Delaware racetracks and outside area tracks. And she owns L-A-F-T, L-A-F-F, or LAF Apparel, which is an endeavor that contributes a share of proceeds to retired racehorses, animal shelters, and various charitable foundations. And she also has political ambitions in the state of Delaware, and she likes to she would like to really go for governor up there. So we have a, a real dynamic lady with us who wrote this her one of her first books, and. Uh, I saw in Radio TV Interview Magazine a little bit about it, and I thought, well, this would be interesting because they have questions here about, you know, what's the best thing you should say in an argument and uh, the right attitude to adopt in conflict. So we're going to talk about that and kind of, you know, when you're in law enforcement or you're in a big business, you have to deal with conflict every day. So let me first say thank you for joining us. It's great to have you, Lacey. Thank you, Mari. So, first of all, let's let's talk a little bit about your book, Messages from a Mother, uh, The Love of My Life. 
Why don't you tell how you actually kind of decided to write this book? Well, the book started out to be a journal to my daughter. I, um, a short period of time after I, I retired from the Delaware State Police, I came down with a serious physical, uh, uh, physical ailment with my digestive tract. And I went into the hospital, and they advised me where I currently reside that they couldn't pretty much do anything for me, so I seeked another opinion. And this doctor in Pennsylvania told me what my problem was, and it had to do with uh, antibiotics that I had taken uh, months prior uh, for a, um, a hear, uh, ear deficiency. I couldn't hear very well. That's why I was retired by the state police. And what it did to me, it just um, washed out my entire digestive tract of all the mm. good bacteria to where I, I couldn't, everything I was eating was just going through me. Mm. I, lo- I lost like 20 pounds in two weeks. Not a fun way to lose weight. No, and I'm not a very big woman either. Uh, yeah. So losing that amount of weight in a very short period of time it was very drastic to my body. And I ended up in the hospital four times in two weeks. Yeah, twenty pounds, and you know, and and everything I was eating was going through me. So the doctor had told me that this condition can would can kill me mm. if I don't do you know go to these measures uh, to try to straighten myself out. Hmm. So given that diagnosis from him uh, that I could possibly perish from this if things didn't turn around, uh, I started writing messages to my daughter to tell her. And at the time, she was like four years old. And I wanted her to know me. And I knew what it was like for my grandparents and great-grandparents to write letters through the family and reading their words that were very comforting, knowing that they weren't here, but their word, their letters were here, and you could read and get great comfort from them mm. and know how they lived hundreds of years ago. So that gave me the inspiration to write to my daughter, and tell her who I am, and maybe I can help you with whatever you're, even though I'm not there physically, if I was to perish, maybe you reading my words will help you through some of life's, you know, challenges and tribulations and things that, you know, later in life when you start building these relationships with your friends and and, and uh, other family members, maybe this can help you and you can refer back into this journal at the time. So I kept documenting things that I was thinking about that maybe she would, it would come to her in different relationships in different forms. And also knowledge that I gained as a state trooper, you know, dealing with domestics and dealing with people in conflicts uh, and and learning. I actually learned through their uh, situations. Yes. And uh, so that's pretty much where I got it from. I got it from this illness, writing messages to her in the journal to where I acquired so many of them that I turned it into a book. Yeah, sometimes with these really dark times in our lives bring us to inspired to do other things that are really important that we're led to do. So that's that's really wonderful. Yes. And and I love it. You have a lot of different, um, you know, you have some poems and you have some quotes and you have some things that that were meaningful to you. And and I love the pictures that you have too. The pictures that um, you know kind of go with this to kind of like stand up. You have uh, some interesting things here to go with it as well. 
Well, so, everything has a meaning. That's right. why I, I did it towards that. You know, if if you were to ask me what this particular message says in this particular picture means, I have there's a reason why I put the picture with the meaning and it's, and and again the the message I didn't make it too wordy, but there's an understanding with that message, and you can you can actually interpret the message probably a lot of different ways than one person could. Yes, you know. I know you had um, one of them, you know, I, I marked some of the ones that, that really hit me that I tell my kids too. And this one is, is a fun one because actually my son told me something similar. So you say in, in the book, you say, if someone angers you, they have conquered you, be above it. And I remember when my son was, oh, I guess he was about eight years old and I had him in karate, you know, he and... Um, my ex-spouse and I were going through a divorce and it was a really hard time for my son. And so I put him in karate because I thought he could, you know, exercise and also just really get out some of his frustrations. And he learned in karate, he came home and he said, mom, if someone gets you mad, they control you. And, um, and that just really stuck with me and it stuck with him. So if you don't want to be controlled, don't let them get you mad. (laughs) Exactly. That's, I learned that in karate as well. Yeah. I mean, I, that years ago. And but I had a, I had a college professor that I went to to listen to, and he actually he brought that to me. When someone angers you, they've conquered you. Right. And that's what was very instrumental with me on the police force when I was working. And I I spent my entire career on patrol work, and I loved it because I loved being out with the people. I love hearing their problems and being able to solve, help them solve their problems. I mean, that's the reason why they call you there, because they cannot solve their problems. Right. So I like to think that I am a problem solver. That's what, that's what I did. I, I enjoyed that, and that's what made my, my career fulfilling, was that I was out among the community, and when they called 911 and they wanted somebody there to help them solve their problems, you know, I was more than happy, more than glad to come there and talk with them and sit down and say, okay, tell me what the problem is, because I want to help you through that problem. I, I learn, I even learn myself helping you through your problems. Right. It makes me a better person. And and so when I would tell them, and, and again, anger was a big part. You know, you know yes, with the domestics, yes. anger is a big part of everything. Right. Your emotions, you, you, you know, kids, you know, you're always telling your kid, calm down, calm down. You know, take a deep breath. Don't don't get angry. I just did that with my daughter today. You know, calm down. Don't get excited. You know, let's let's just think about it. Take a deep breath, and we can talk this through. And and that's that's why I like that chat. I like that message. You know, don't let people anger you because they've conquered you. Right. Exactly. And I think people then can stop and think about that. Gee, if I'm going to let myself kind of uh, get out of control. If I let my anger rule me, then what it's done is my anger controls me and, and then I lose my control with other people. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great thing to remember is, you know, people will get mad. I mean, obviously, this is kind of a normal reaction to get mad. It's, it's not in itself a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a signal, right? I mean, if, right. We, if we get angry at something, it means there's something wrong. Right. But the point is, is when people allow that anger to take over instead of saying, hmm, I'm angry. What am I angry about? What am I going to do about it? How can I make this better? And so that's just that that point in time when you feel the anger 
is when you can start to question yourself, why am I so angry and what am I going to do about it that's going to be effective? Because acting out, I heard a, a, a wonderful quote that you probably heard too, maybe, but um, it says, if, um, if you speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you ever regret. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because you're running on emotion instead of being thoughtful. Yes. yes. And, and and this is what I tell people. This is why domestics are so involving because yes. people tend to speak out of emotion and they say things they don't mean and and and, and it comes across very hard and coarse and and uh, disconcerting. Right. You know, and, and it and, may not even be on point. You know. You it, know how they get off on tangents. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's another one that I really like that you had here, um, and you have this picture of a cheetah, which I thought was interesting. It says, um, fear nothing, fear no one. When fear erupts, challenge it, face it, conquer it, praise yourself, bask in the glow of glory. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are times in law enforcement, and, and I know a little bit, not as well as you do, but I am a sheriff reserve, so I kind of mm-hmm. have had some experiences with that. And of course, just being in, in the center of conflict where I'm mediating, uh, there are times when people are really out of control. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about fear. You know, there's an acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, stands for false expectation appearing real. Yeah. And yeah. That's, uh, you know, fear, fear is only going to be as large as you make it. Mm-hmm. And, and with me, um, I, I've n- never allowed it to consume me. Right. Uh, you know, women are very fortunate. We have that, what women's intuition, I, you know, I, I, we have that in-depth, uh, intuition that we can we can feel things before they actually happen and i believe it because it was very instrumental with me when i was on the road at two o'clock in the morning out there stopping cars yes you know i got that six well six cents or seventh cents whatever you yeah. want to call it you know yes. and i was and it was always right it never failed me hmm. and and when i didn't feel right it wasn't fear but it was common sense telling me okay all right, look at this thing, you know, look at how this person is acting, look at their behavior. Yes. You know, in law enforcement, the first thing that they want you to understand is don't believe everything that's being said. Right, right. You know that as a lawyer. Yeah. You know <laughs> don't believe everything that's being said. Right. But believe the attitude, the behavior, the body language. Yes. That's what's going to hold the truth. That's what's going to tell you if if that person's coming off genuine. Yes. Okay. And and it never failed me. So maybe that's why I you know I'm still alive. Right. You know. It, it, I mean I've been in some really hairy situations. You know when you have guns pointed at you, knives pointed at you, screwdrivers pointed at you. You got you know men that weigh twice as much as you do coming at you. I mean. Obviously, something that I was doing was doing right, or I yeah. would be here. Exactly, exactly. It, you know, and it's in you know it's it's that gut. You know, sometimes we 
uh, don't listen to our intuition, men and women. We just, mm-hmm. as you know, we think, oh, I shouldn't even think that. And I remember years ago, and I don't know if you ever read this, but uh, my friend who was a captain in the uh, Los Angeles Police Department gave me this book, The Gift of Fear. And that was by Gavin DeBecker. And she said, I want you, she was in charge of domestic violence. And she told me, I want you to read this book. And I read the book and it was about just what you're talking about. Listening to your intuition, listening to your gut, that if your gut tells you, you know, even if things look good, if your gut tells you there's something wrong here, listen to your gut. Your gut knows more than your logical mind. So like if you get into an elevator with somebody and they still may be dressed beautifully, but you have that really kind of sick feeling that you're talking about. He says, get out of the elevator immediately. Say something like, oh, I forgot something. I got to go. Just do whatever. Listen to your gut first. And I always thought that was, you know, that book is an old book, but apparently it uh, was very powerful for a lot of people. Well, yes, it it is very powerful. I mean, it saves a lot of person's life. Your gut reaction to things actually will save your life. Yes. Uh, And people shouldn't dismiss it. I mean, you know, no, no matter how logical they may think they are or want to act like they are, God gave you that intuition. Right. Use it. It's there for a reason, you know, and, 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 and you're, hopefully everybody's raised with good common sense, and that's, and that's what you need to use. When you've got a feeling it isn't right, you're, chances are you're going to be right because it's not. Exactly. You know? And, and uh, so... Yeah, I I learned I learned a long time ago. You know, people, especially you know, when they said you know, don't allow people to anger you, you know, or they've conquered you, and that that helped me throughout my whole career, because you know you were always faced with someone trying to push your buttons. Yeah, and and you 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 just sit back and you kind of like, okay, are you finished yet? Go ahead. Say yeah. what you got to say. Are you finished yet? You know, right, right. And uh, so, needless to say, um, uh, that that was a reason why I, I used that phrase, and I was very effective with that phrase. Yes, you know, yeah. And you know, we see, it, you know, out here in recent months, you know, we've seen, you know, all sorts of, you know, law enforcement people killed. In fact, we had a. a, a an ex-law enforcement officer that killed other law enforcement officers, and he finally died recently. But um, it was a it was a horrible situation out in the Los Angeles area, and it is a scary thing. I mean, you are you are dealing with people who are um, evil minded, evil minded, and um, or crazy or something, and you really have to listen to that intuition. There's another quote that, that I liked in here. Um, well, there's several, but this one you said, um, I believe you better control your attitude or it will control you. I believe you better control your behavior or it will control you. Once you are in control, I believe you can be as powerful as the sun rising in the east and resting in the west. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really love that one because people think that somebody else controls them. For example, someone will say to me, he made me so angry. And I'm thinking to myself, he can only make you angry if you allow it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a really important one. So do you want to talk a little bit about that one? I think that is mm-hmm. so important for for conflict resolution, which this you know this show is really about healing conflict. If you are in control of your attitude, if you can stay centered, if you can see the other person as a as a you know a spiritual being just like you are, mm-hmm. then. Um, you can you can stay in control, but if if they get you mad or they get you hurt or they do something like that, you you get off balance and you really surrender, don't mm-hmm. you? Yes, you do. You're in command of yourself. You never allow anybody to uh, possess your inner spirit. To uh, you shouldn't allow other forces to take over your life and make your life into a direction that only you are the one that has the power to control. Yeah. In other words, you know how people like to say, well, my life is centered around this person or that person, and, right. and, and they, they tell me what to do, and, I, you know, and, and that's who I listen to. No, you listen to you. Yes. You know what you want out of your life. You only got one time here on this, on this earth. So you want to make the best of it while you're here. Yes. You make your own decisions. You forge ahead with your own ideas of what you want to be in life, because you can be anything you want to be, bar none. This is the 21st century. There's no excuses for, for settling with just being, you know, not doing, fulfilling your life. Right. You don't want somebody to rain on your sunshine. Exactly. But, uh, but on the other hand, you know, it's it's helpful. And that doesn't mean that you be so stubborn that you don't listen to people who who have had a, an experience that they can give you some good sage advice. Well, like yeah. I say, suggestions. There's yeah. nothing wrong with people suggesting. Right. I mean, I'm all for, you know, uh, knowledge. Give me all the knowledge. I'm, I'm all, for, you know, I'm always, always been a person that is, uh, I don't. I'm not hard pressed on one one thing. Right, you're I, open. I would love to know your input. I would love to know what you've got to say. You know, just like when you're in the middle of a conflict resolution with people and their problems and and and, and domestics or civil arguments. You know, as an attorney, you, okay, tell me your side of it. I want to hear your side, and I want to hear because you get great points. Nobody has a bad idea. Right. You can tweak them. You can you can take a little bit from this and a little bit for that, and let's come to a a happy medium here. And, okay. And, yeah, it's exactly what I do as an attorney mediator. I I sit there, and it's my job to hear all the perspectives and let everybody get a chance to be heard, and then to brainstorm solutions. And that's you know that's the problem solving part of it. Exactly, and that's that's the beauty part of it because then everybody comes out a winner. And it's not it's not see that's the trouble with people. They they want to win. Who's going to win the argument, or who's going to win this? Or that? don't look at it as a win or lose. Right. You look at it, everybody's a winner, and this is what you tell children: nobody's losers here. Even though you didn't get first place, you still won because you participated. You still are part of the group. You're all winners because you put that effort into it. You know. So everybody has a good plan. We just take a little bit of everything and make it our grand master plan. Yes. That's, that's what we do, yep. you know. And that's how you solve problems, and that's, that's the biggest thing about being a problem solver, which you know you are one. I mean, that's how you get your greatest gratification out of it, because of solving people's problems. And, they, and I tell you, uh, when I retired, I had people that would come to me and say, I'm just 
so sorry that you, you're retired now because I just got so much enjoyment of hearing you and, and coming to my residence. You you did such uh, a great service, you know, to the police uh, coming out here and, and solving people with their problems with their children or maybe spouses or their civil arguments or whatever because I like to engage in that. And that's yeah. really wonderful because sometimes you get, and, I, and I'm a real supporter of law enforcement in that I've been with the sheriff's department since 2000. And, but, you know, there are, in every profession, there mm-hmm. are people who um, are, you know, don't have that attitude. They So each one of us, and the same thing in my profession, and, and a lawyer, you know, because I'm a mediator, I don't go and take people to court. But, you know, I see that, uh, you know, people kind of in, escalate conflict. And that can happen even with law enforcement. So it's it's very important whether you're a law enforcement officer or whatever you are it's really important to kind of stay in that that centered place and you know like they say seek uh seek to understand first and then be understood because sometimes if you just listen like it sounds like you did a lot with you know when you'd go to people's homes and you try and resolve conflict it sounds like you would um definitely um, listen first and and hear what they say that you could help them problem solve. That's the only way you can be effective. You have to be a good listener. Exactly. To be a good problem solver. You know, because a lot of people that are within the situation, they're they don't hear themselves. Everybody's talking and nobody's listening. And this is why a problem solver is good at what they do because they listen to everybody. They listen. And then they take that information and they condense it to yes. where everybody's going to be happy. And I used to tell people, I said, look, when I leave here, you're going to be happy. You know, I'm, I'm going to see that you're happy. I mean, because that's why I, I want to make people happy. Now, granted, yeah, there will be some. You're, you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. It's just the fact of life. <laughs> that's yeah. all. No matter how much you try, you, you just it's never going to happen. You're not going to make 100% everybody happy. But it's not that it came from the lack of not trying, trying yeah. to make people happy. Right. I mean, if they're, if they're a reasonable person and they have their senses about them and they don't let their emotions what I call run amok, yes. you know, they will come to a happy center medium with whatever the conflict is. And that's, and that's pretty much drove me to making these, you know, creating these messages in this book for my daughter to help her maybe later, you know, in life or anybody else. That's why I, I, I end up publishing it. If anybody can just take a, just a few messages from the book, just a few, and they can help them with any situation that may come up or occur. I've done my job. Yes, yeah. I've done now, my job. And it really inspired me because I have a daughter and a son. You know, they're older now. And, of course, moms always want to give words of wisdom and empower their children and help their children to, to grow and be the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. But um, but you're right. I was thinking how really wonderful that is. What a good idea. I wish my parents would have done it. You know, I always wish my dad, beside, he was a furrier by profession in Chicago, but he was a, a wonderful concert pianist. And I am just so heartbroken that I never recorded anything that he did to keep. And so, uh, you know, what do you think about those of us who are listening, who have children? What do you think about us doing something like this, writing um, essays or poems or or messages like you have for your kids? How, how does your daughter, how did she respond to it? Oh, she, she's uh, she just did turn eight. 
And when uh, the book was published a couple months ago, uh, and I got my first shipment, and I really didn't expect her to jump right into it, being at this age, because it's, it's geared to more yeah, intellectual, yeah. teenager, you know, right, the teenage right. years when they're starting to form their relationships right, and, right. and building their character and knowing who to believe and what to believe. Yeah. And, and she opened the book up, and she starts reading it. And she could, she's a good reader at eight years old. Oh. And, and I was blown away because I, I looked at her and I said, and I even took a picture of her oh. sitting there reading this book. And I, and I said, Lynn, I said, uh, you, reading, you reading your book? I said, yeah, Mommy. And she, she sat there and wrote, read half of it. Oh. Within, a, within a half an hour, she and read it to me. And I, and I don't, you know, at her age, I don't think it really sunk in. But she, but she took the initiative to read it. And that's what blew me away was that, you know, she wanted to read something that I did for her. Yes. But I wanted not only to help her, but I want to be able to help other people. Well, you and, sure, and, yeah, you certainly have. And we are out of time. So just, um, I just want you to give your website for messages from a mother, the love of my life. And you just give your website and it's time for us to go. Okay. LaceyLafferty.com. Okay. Thank you. And we'll have you back again. And good luck to you. Bye bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. And visit our website at at conflicthealing.com. And write us about what's important to you about healing conflict in your own life. Thank you. Expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.